0: Welcome back to Bruise News. We don't break the news. We're just talking about the broken news. J.D. Oliva is here with me. We're going to talk about somebody who is going to be making a WWE debut in the very near future. They've invested a lot in him and he just won. The NCAA Championships. Gable Stevenson, JD. What is up?
1: What's up, man? Thanks for having me back on. Talk a little amateur wrestling. It's uh, my thing, so I'm looking forward to talking about it.
0: Yeah. So, so uh, I know the the championship the championships were last weekend. Uh, I saw lots of stuff about Gable and him leaving his shoes on the mat. Daniel Cormier was doing the the commentary. Uh, so, you know, as far as. Uh, Gable and, and his in and his second back to back and his run. Uh I, I I from what I understand, it was a very impressive run for him.
1: I don't think we, it's incredibly impressive, right? I cannot remember the last time anyone meddled in the medal, let alone gold medal, in the Olympics in freestyle and then came back and wrestled in college. Like this is it's probably been th- 30 years since that's happened and what people aren't talking about
0: explain to people why that is hard and what the difference is
1: freestyle is is what is freestyle and greco roman are what's wrestled throughout the rest of the planet in the u.s we wrestle what we call collegiate or folk style wrestling it's a different skill set based on a different series of rules so um most americans these days do have um a significant exposure to freestyle it's a lot it's a lot bigger at the youth and high school and junior levels than it used to be in this country. Um, this is what I do in my spare time. Is I actually I come I'm the the Greco National coaching staff of the country, and um, so we we do this. We try to get these these athletes experience in the international styles. And Gable Steveson has uh, he's one of the guys that came along in this new wave of of talent that's come in the last decade. In the 2000, from about 2000 to about 2012, we were really struggling on the freestyle scene internationally, really, really struggling, like one or two medals a year, if we were lucky. Um, Zeke Jones, who's now the head coach at Arizona State, changed that. He created this RTC system where all these co- all these uh, colleges around the country have their own freestyle coaches. So every major college has its own dedicated freestyle coach, and it's, it's made a humongous difference in the U.S. in general. So... This is what I was trying. This is um. This what I was trying to say is Gable got the gold medal in the Olympics of the heavyweight division, and came back to wrestle in college. And that that hasn't happened. I I don't think since the '80s. Like in Greco, it's happened a couple times. Brian and Paulson in '96, Garrett Lowney in 2000. But in freestyle, which is um a leg attack style, which is closer to the college style, it's unheard of. Like there's such a significant difference between an ncaa all-american international champion and a senior level medalist it's it's not even funny for gable to come back and do what he's done is unreal and what most people have ignored is that heavyweight has five five age group world champions Right, like Colton Schultz, who Gable beat in the finals, was mm-hmm. a Greco, was a Greco-Roman world champion. Tony Cassiope won the U twenty-three world title. Who's from Iowa? He won the world U twenty-three title this past fall. Mason Paris from Michigan has been a U twenty-three world champion, and so has uh, Greg Kirkley, who who Gable beat in the semifinals from Penn State. This division is so deep, and Gable just absolutely owned it. And I don't know if people understand that any one of those five, any one of those four other guys in a different era. Would have walked through the NCA's. Would have would right. absolutely walked through it. And Gable is is making them is. It, I don't want to make him look silly, but he's making he's so significantly better than everyone else. It's scary. So, when it
0: comes to like historical ranking, like it, you know, it's kind of fun to compare. You know, obviously the the athlete is different, the training is different, uh, the access to nutrition and all these different things. Uh, it is much different in 2022 than it was in, say, the 80s. But, like, you know, you're you're a giant fan of this, and you go back uh, through record books and stuff. Where do you see him fitting on the list of, of heavyweight wrestlers?
1: Internationally, um, he's, I'd say it because he's, He's stepping down. He's just a dude. He's not going to be Bruce Baumgartner who medaled, I believe, in four Olympic games. You know, that's that's a significant chunk of his life. But Gable was significantly better than Baumgartner in college, right? Bruce Baumgartner was a one-time NCAA champion. When the NCAA put their 75th anniversary team together in 2005 – uh, Kurt Angle and Carlton Helserig were the two heavyweight representatives. Gable was a, or, you know, I'm sorry, Angle was a three-time national champion. Helserig was a six-time national champion. He won three in Division two, three in Division one. back when that was legal. They're very different guys than what Gable was. Kurt Angle was a small heavyweight, about 220, very athletic, very much in the John Smith mold where he was out there, you know, really uh, doing a lot of leg attacks, you know, a lot of speed, which at that time in the 90s wasn't seen from heavyweights. And Carlton Helserig didn't wrestle in high school right he he just would go show up to the state tournament he went to high school with no team and he would murder everyone because he was a monster <laughs> and then uh, he wound up playing in the NFL later yeah. at Carlton Hesterig, um pittsburgh a, steelers yeah pittsburgh steelers um so he's very very different than these guys gable is probably the most skilled because the game has risen so high if angle was around today he'd be phenomenal um with this level of Because gable was I've heard people say Gable's a better athlete than than Angle. I don't I don't think that's true. But Gable's a really good athlete. They're different body types. Kurt Angle's about 215, 220. Mm-hmm. Gable's about two sixty. So they're they're very different. But um those. Those are probably the four best guys that you would compare him with. I mean, because he's with he's doing something that's really common in the US is he's won his gold medal and then he's gonna move on, which is pretty much the, the course that most athletes in the US have taken over the last sixty years. Like mm-hmm. the US is very different than Russia or Japan or um, any of the Soviet blo- former Soviet bloc countries where guys just, this is what you do, right? Jordan Burroughs, who has been the U.S. flag bearer for the last decade, is the exception to the rule. And he's changed He's changed things. Like, guys are sticking around more than one Olympic cycle nowadays. So it looks like Gable's not going to do that. But he was just talking about maybe doing it again. So who knows what's going to happen. So now let's
0: transition to his WWE career. So do we know if he's been doing anything yet. Cause I remember initially they, they said, Oh, you know, he's going to train for his season. And then he's also going to do some training for us. Like I didn't know how that could happen, but have you heard anything about his current pro wrestling
1: training? I haven't, I don't, I haven't heard anything about that, but, um, I imagine I mean, Brad Reagans is right up there in Minneapolis. So I imagine maybe he's still, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm just, Guessing, Like, uh-huh. I know that's what Brock did back in the day when he got tired of OVW. I know Brock has been in the room with Gable a few times to kind of work with him. So I imagine there's been some stuff done. His brother, his brother, I think, has debuted for NXT already. Yeah. So, I mean, I imagine there's some, but I mean, he's coming into this super, super raw. And it's um, it's not an enviable position, to be honest with you. And I don't
0: imagine he's going to take the NXT route because they already... They they drafted him to Monday Night Raw, uh, even though he wasn't a top pick for whatever reason. If he's not a top pick, I don't know why they drafted him. Uh, and, and so he's going to probably debut on the main roster. I don't know if... I, I imagine he'll be at WrestleMania. We'll see him at WrestleMania. It would be pretty impactful if he kind of did something at WrestleMania, even if he's not ready. Obviously, you know, there, there's a there's a there's an acumen that, that he needs to build up. But, uh, do you, I've asked you this before just about his personality about, you know, the sort of the bigger than life that, that Vince McMahon wants from, from his guys. Have you changed your mindset on how successful maybe
1: that, that he could be at this? I think he could be as good as he wants to be at this. Like, um, he's really done a better job of showing up that personality lately. Like early in his run at Minnesota, he was, Definitely a bit of a heel. People know what I'm talking about. Um, and he would antagonize fans on Twitter. And then the last couple of years, he's really kind of turned a new leaf. Like he's really been come off very grateful. He, he comes off as a good dude, but he can talk some stuff. He's a phenomenal athlete. He really is. But then again, he's also 21 years old. Like I don't. He's leaving college in a time when everyone gets an extra year because of the COVID. So he could have another year of wrestling if he wanted to. There were three guys wrestling last weekend that were 25 years old. Wow. There were three guys that were become the first ever five-time All-Americans in college. Like, he's so young. And when I say that, I mean, he's 21. Like, he like he just talked about maybe coming back for another Olympic run. He's if you follow him on Twitter, he'll flirt with the idea all the time of fighting in MMA. Like he he's talked about maybe playing for the Vikings. You know he t- sounds like a kid, you know, which is kind of what he is. He's only twenty one years old. I I don't personally. He doesn't strike me as someone who really loves this, right? and like which is fine cuz that's how that's where guys came from in the 60s and 70s right they mm-hmm. all came from football so there's nothing wrong with that but at the same time there's so many more options for right. guys now i don't i don't know how this is going to work to be honest with you
0: okay so there i saw there was another comment where he said he's also interested in mma in in the ufc now he knows that he's signed with wwe that's his first priority but he mentioned doing a Brock Lesnar and possibly starting in wrestling, then crossing over to MMA. Now that seems really hard in today's day and age. Cause when Brock did it, you know, he he's, he was such an athletic Marvel that he, he was able to, to use his strength and his speed to win some of those fights. I don't think anybody would ever say Brock Lesnar was a great mixed martial artist. So the level of mixed martial arts since Brock debuted has risen. And so Gable would be coming into a sport where, yeah, the great athlete piece of it maybe isn't as easy to to utilize and overtake some of these more skilled guys these days.
1: The problem with being an Olympic gold medalist is people are looking to cash in on you immediately and put you into positions long before you're ready for them. I think that uh, if Gable were to leave WWE, he would get a fight pretty big, pretty right, yep. much right out of the gate way yep. before he's ready for it. And I think that could expose him. I mean, we've seen I mean, a guy like Aaron Pico who was probably was poised to become one of the best you know, wrestlers in his weight class who just, you know, left and decided he was going to do the MMA thing and was probably pushed way before Beltor way before he was ready, you know. And I, I'd hate to see that with, with Gable Steveson, but at the same time, I think that's what would happen. I do think if he wants to fight, I do think it's a mistake. I do think he should be fighting because that's a, you, you can, it's easy. I think I, I'm not done either, so I can't say it's easier to go from one to the other, but it sure seems like I would, you would be, you would, you'd be in a better position to fight if you spent the time learning how to fight now. So again, he come he really strikes me as a kid when he talks about these things. He wants to conquer mm-hmm. the world, which is nothing wrong with that. That's what being a 21's all about. But I don't know if he really really gets what this whole thing is going to be, especially the w w e in twenty twenty two is a lot different than it was in two thousand five or six whenever Brock left, so mm-hmm. same with u f c these are completely different worlds so um I don't know man i i, I hope I hope he's making the right calls, but it's going to be interesting, so he's obviously got guys like Brock like Paul Heyman, like
0: Daniel Cormier, who he can turn to, who he could get advice from. What is the, co- the what is the the co- the college coach's role in this I imagine he's got a good relationship with his coach he's been the ace guy forever like does the coach is, is is he passing him off to other guys to to get this advice from or is he at the same time kind of helping Gable manage through these waters like what is the what is the job uh, of the coach there
1: Brandon Eggum has been the guy at Minnesota for a long time he was an assistant coach before Jay Robinson stepped down um so he's been in that system forever like I think I think Brandon Eggham and Brock were teammates back at the U and in, in the late two, in the early 2000s late 90s early 2000s so um the Stevens moved to Minnesota they're from Indiana they moved to Minnesota to wrestle for Apple Valley which at the time was the best school in Minnesota so they could go to so they could go to Minnesota so they have and I think Dad wrestled for Minnesota too so I mean like they've been part of this system forever right so Eggum is gonna watch after his guy but at the same time I think he probably trusts Brock right they've known each other for 20 plus years yeah so I think that they're comfortable handing him off and there's you know I mean uh you know Chad Gable's not from is from just down the road in St. Michael Albertville so I mean like there's there's a lot of ties you know from you know Minnesota and into the pro wrestling world and there's a lot of There's a lot of good people that are associated with that Minnesota Golden Gopher program that are going to be looking out for Gable and trying to do what's right by him. But, you know, big money, and this seems to be – he seems to want the stardom and the fame. So, I mean – coach gets him ready I mean he's been under a spotlight Gable came up in an era when high school kids had wrestling and specifically has had more spotlight than they've ever had before and college kids have more spotlight than they've ever had before the NCAA just announced what their ratings were for the uh, for the finals and we they we beat NXT so I mean like <laughs> for, for amateur wrestling that's real big so I mean and he's the star he's been the star of the show him and the Penn State team there were the two big narratives coming out so he's been under a microscope forever I think he's ready for it. I mean, they got him as they got him as ready as possible.
0: So uh, you mentioned the the ratings. They also were able to have a full house for the first time in a couple years, right?
1: yeah well this they usually do really well selling tickets and always yeah. have like um it's always a tough ticket to get as nca's nca tickets uh last year was the covid thing and it was weird it was, i didn't get to go because you know the covid thing and from what i was told by my friends it was pretty cavernous in there and this year it was it was back to normal it was packed the year game the year minnesota hosted it it was going to be huge they were, i think it was going to be in the dome up there whatever they're calling the dome up there now And it was it would have been enormous so we didn't quite get to that but things were back to normal
0: uh okay so last thing Gable Steveson is not the only collegiate wrestler who's got charisma and who's you know who's a badass who else should be on WWE's radar and maybe already is on WWE's radar and could follow him to the to the big uh, world wrestling entertainment?
1: Well, the, the obvious answer is AJ Ferrari from Oklahoma State. That's the guy who signed with people. What I haven't heard enough people in our circles talking about is AJ had a horrific car accident. Yes. Earlier this year. And um, he's looking at the wreck. I'm, I'm amazed he walked away from I'm amazed. I'm amazed at i'm amazed he survived quite frankly uh it was very irresponsible driving i'll just leave it at that uh john smith his coach head coach Oklahoma State, gave an interview just yesterday where they asked him how aj was doing and and coach smith's a straight shooter and he said you know we're in a we're in a critical spot right now where aj's gotta the next couple months can be very important so nobody's really heard much from aj was kind of spouting off on twitter because uh, you know he wants that match with Max Dean from Penn State, who just won NCAs. and that's going to be that's going to be one of the matches to watch a year down the line. But I mean, mm-hmm. physically, I don't know. I don't know where he's at right now, and and there's not a lot of people talking a lot about it. I mean, it went from oh yeah, he'll be okay, he'll be fine, to to not a lot of people saying much. I mean, that's so that's kind of their golden child wrestlers, other than Gable, right? Um, I think Joe Spivak from Northwestern, a football player, is someone who I think is going to have a, a tremendous amount of success with this whole thing. He's got a big personality. He's going to be very, very successful. The Cabner girls from Fresno, they're going to do they're going to do really well. I'm very interested to see what they can come up with in the future. With these next this next wave of guys, um, we don't have a lot of big brash personalities in amateur wrestling there's not as many as there could be because for so many years, like we kind of, not me, but I mean, the, the culture has kind of coached it down and that's been, that's been changing a lot. Like I would love to see a guy like a Tony Cassiope from Iowa, get a look. I think he'd be good for that environment. Like there's, there's a handful out there, but you know, uh, you know, the it, the sport right now is being dominated by Kale Sanderson and, and the Penn state guys. And they're just so, they're so humble and they talk about being grateful for everything and they're not, brash they're not showboaty you know it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting like aj really sticks out in this group and for his sake i i hope or i hope he's able to kind of pull himself back together yeah that
0: that's uh you know you mentioned gable being sort of young and 21 and it you know that there's t- imagine being sort of on top of the world and being that young and thinking oh you know rules don't don't really matter for me so uh, i i very much like you said hope that he he, uh, you know, he, he completes his recovery because you've been mentioning him to me and mm-hmm. to other folks as, as a possible person with a lot of charisma.
1: Yeah. yeah, he's he's the guy right now other than other than Gable. And I, I don't honestly, I don't know who else that would be other than those guys at the moment. All right. So, uh, J.D., you and Mike Gilbert do a
0: Brace for Impact on the Fight Game Media Network uh, you guys cover impact wrestling's television show from Thursday night. Uh, 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 so you guys record pretty much after that show is done. And on the free feed, uh, you get that review. And then on the Patreon, uh, you guys do a little bit more. You add, you know, 30 more minutes of content, just covering the wrestling industry and other stuff that you guys find interesting to talk about. So, Anything
1: uh w- what's on the radar for tonight? Well tonight we're gonna talk about impact. I, I actually haven't gone over the card yet because I just got off of work. So um Mike and I really talk about the show and we you know we kind of have fun like we're not a we're not a super serious podcast. We we poke fun at the show and it deserves to be poked fun at and you know we praise it when it's really good and it's been really good for the last three, four months. Impact is on a is having a really good 2022. And it's been it's been really fun to cover. They got a mania show coming up that or mania weekend show, I should say coming up, the multiverse of matches that um cute title. But uh the, a lot of the mat like we were discussing it in our, in our Brace for Impact um uh Twitter direct message group where none of these matches make sense to the uh direction of the company right now. So is this in storyline in continuity, yeah. if you will? I don't I don't know. I said I I hope there's some answers because I I need a you know I'm for being a big you know jockish guy like I, I kind of need a storyline to go along with my pro wrestling matches or else Yo, you're you're a writer I, man yeah I am a writer that is my number one thing yes but I mean like I I need a reason to watch pro wrestling I need a storyline if I want to go just watch athletes I'll go watch amateur wrestling it's yeah. you know better matches there quite yeah. frankly so I mean like I want to see what's going on with the storyline and that's i think that's kind of going to be what the uh what the show this week is going to be about is what's what's going on with this mania weekend show and then uh we'll cover the actual show and what happens this week all right
0: thank you jd for uh, jumping on here glad we were able to talk about gable and uh i don't know i kind of have a feeling they're going to do something at wrestlemania it's the biggest opportunity for him to make a, a good impact so
1: Dave had a good idea about him doing something with almost right away. I think that'd be a great way to debut him. I I love that when I heard that they need to run an angle with him because you got to strike with the irons. with this guy, he is an NCAA champion and a gold medalist. He's had an unbelievable six months. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta, if you're going to pay this guy the money, you got to do something with him right away.
0: All right. Uh, Thank you, JD. We are going to bring on our next guest here. And that is going to be Chris Samsa, the new Japan stats guy. Uh, we're gonna talk about New Japan Cup, so let's bring Chris on right now. Chris, what is up? Hello, how you doing? I'm good. How are you?
2: Pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Back back talking New Japan with my favorite man, Garrett. I'm
0: stoked. <laughs> I I love I love the office. It looks like you're back recording music. I'm up to stuff. You you, you getting the band back together?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. (laughs) Uh, It's a real thing. We're basically the Blues Brothers just getting the band back together. No, we're doing a little charity thing. So, Oh, uh, very cool. Yeah. Something came up and uh, an old fan reached out um, for for a charitable event. And it's been really fun to get some guys back together playing music after 12 years or so. So that's my other side hustle, I guess. So I I now have two. So because this may continue now because it's been a lot of fun. So but yeah, uh, the office is set up for um, not pro wrestling right now, but, <laughs> but that's okay. All I really need for the pro wrestling is a computer.
0: So yeah. All right, so we're gonna talk about some New Japan Cup now. I'm going to be honest, and you know this, but I didn't pick up the New Japan Cup until we got into the quarterfinals. I, I was like a couple the last, and actually last year wasn't what w- was okay, but the previous couple years, like I was like so dedicated, and we were doing like March Madness brackets, and I was like, oh, let's do it, and then. There's like all these this wacky booking and like weird stuff happens and I'm like ah it didn't feel that interesting to me but would you like how would you rate this year's cup because all the best guys were were available you know in in the quarterfinals like I thought the quarterfinals matchups were awesome
2: yeah Yeah, so this year, probably for the first time ever, really, we've saw no upsets. I mean, very few upsets or or things that you can consider upsets leading up to the quarterfinals. So all the heavy hitters were still in, right? So the quarterfinals were Zack Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay, Shingo Takagi versus Hiromu Takahashi, Tetsuya Naito versus Jeff Cobb, and Okada Kazuchika Okada versus Shima. And Shima is probably the most interesting name of that group in the sense of who made it that far or who's kind of involved in this kind of elite eight of new Japan. But normally you see some hype build for this tournament in the first couple of rounds, because there's some sort of big upset. Right. And we didn't see that at all this year. It was very chalk um headed into the quarters. and even, And then once you're into the quarters, is anything really an upset at that point? Right. I mean, I guess the only one that was, Possibly an upset, right? You've got Okada and Shima, or if Hiromu as a junior is going to go past Shingo. So that's why I think the quarterfinals looked so good, is because no one, none of these guys got knocked out. Yeah. So that's to me, if you haven't been paying attention, and I think you and I even talked about this a little bit in the group, like it's okay to just jump in at the quarters because these are the guys you want to see. And you know the the then the shows are really palatable with just a couple of tournament matches to keep up on or you wait until the round is over and you watch all four um so yeah i mean a really kind of exciting point to jump in now certainly there were things worth watching prior there's a lot of bullet club action Mm-hmm. Um, in the first couple of rounds where like that story's really starting to heat up, they may maybe there's something that they can finally do with that. But really, when it came down to the matches, a the wrestling quality is fantastic. That's New Japan's thing, right? But um, when it comes down to it, if you're jumping in, you still got a couple of days if you want to go back to the yep quarters. Right. And just watch those four matches. And honestly, Kevin Kelly and and the gang, myself included, I guess, they do a great job of uh, catching you up on how we got here. So, and that, that would be the case. If you jump in this weekend too. What, what was the best match of the first two rounds in your opinion? I mean, Shingo and Ishii on March 7th was just like, it was one of the best versions of those two guys fighting. Right. So if you're familiar with Shingo Takagi and, and Tomohiro Ishii, You can picture their matches and you've probably seen one of their matches, but this was without a doubt one of the best versions of that match that could happen. And and that was in the first round. Um, And that was fabulous. And then besides that, I think running through the two big Hiromu matches, so Hiromu versus Minoru Suzuki was was. Violent, um, <laughs> to say the least, and and Hiromu moved on, which is also an interesting kind of plot point, right? And then you've got Hiromu versus evil in the first and Hall crowd over a thousand in over two years, so like they finally could do almost full capacity and Hall, and I wouldn't say the crowd ignored the cheering restrictions that are in place in Japan, but they were. Um Louder than you would expect from a Japanese pro wrestling crowd right now so and so it was kind of a hot it was it was a new version of a hot corkin, mm-hmm. and um evil is the guy that I think has turned a lot of people off from yeah. new japan in in certain ways, but now we're getting into this cycle where everyone's really worried that evil's gonna win something, <laughs> and somebody cool knocks him out in right. almost every tournament, right so I think it was Cobb in the g one. And now Hiromu in uh, the New Japan Cup. So we are starting to see a little bit of the payoff of some of those frustrations, um, whether or not that's good or bad that we've gotten to this point. But, I mean, someone's got to have some heat, right? So uh, that was a fabulous match to watch. Really fun. Good to see Japan on the way to full cheering crowds too. Even yeah. though we're we're not quite there, but the confidence I think is there that it's it's going to that's how it's going to be going forward. Very soon.
0: Now, I don't know if you've heard, but there is a little bit of a worry about another variant that, you know, is is related it's an omicron variant and it could be even, you know, crazier than than the omicron uh, that that we were dealing with. I can't imagine like in Japan, like them just going like, you know, like we do in the U.S., which is everything's fine, everyone, everything back to normal. Like my gym was so excited to to take the mask mandate off. And I was like, I think I'm going to keep mine on for a little while. But Japan is so much more conservative when it comes to this. Like, I can't imagine them just going like, okay, we're going to open things back up, knowing that there are all these variants that have to be studied before you can really make that, you know, make that call.
2: Yeah, so... I mean, the unique thing about Japan is that people actually follow rules um, (laughs) a lot, at least. I I don't think that's that's 100 percent true, obviously, but we've seen it in in pro wrestling crowds and in other sports crowds. Um, The the rules are followed. The masks are on correctly the whole the whole shot. Right. Yeah. So I, I but I do know what I know is that there's a ton of pressure on the Japanese government to allow entertainment to begin again. And I know that through pro wrestling and I know that through the music industry. So Mm -hmm. the people that I know in the, in the music industry are under the impression that by summer people will be able to travel in and out freely and they'll be able to have concerts and festivals and things of the sort. And there's, I know, I know a a handful of people both on, on both sides of that equation that are already booked to go to Japan. um, That would not have been able to say six months ago. So I I don't know what that means for like cheering though. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that and that's the thing that I think affects the pro wrestling product more than anything. You could fill up these buildings with as many people as you want, but if they can't cheer, does it really feel like a full building, right? Right, right. So that's what we're running into. I'm very curious to see what the um attendances like this weekend as they're in osaka and mm-hmm. osaka in osaka joe hall even the most beautiful venue in pro wrestling um i think that it's going to be really interesting to see how many people they fill in how they follow the rules because osaka has been a really good crowd for new japan throughout this entire pandemic it's been kind of the place that you feel most at home so i'm, I'm hopeful um but there is a lot of confidence in the people that i know that we're headed in the right direction that variant be damned I think but I I think Japan would be the first country to step back um as opposed to um power forward like right kind of the
0: U.S. does right yeah yeah okay so let's talk about uh the quarterfinals matchups I am un I cannot I cannot be unbiased about Jeff Cobb sure and so when I looked at what the possibilities in my head I created this pathway for him to get to the finals and to beat Okada because then that creates he he's a you know he's a contender now for that title and then he could even lose in the, in the finals but that did not happen because Naito beat him and so we're going to get Naito and Okada again after uh, having that as uh, the main event match of, of the last big show uh, What did you, what do you think about the way that they did that uh, and what was your expectation in the booking cuz when when we did your brackets i think you had a lot of jeff cobb to the finals yep. uh, people in there i think i was one of them so yeah jeff had the jeff was the favorite
2: among among pickems so 30% of people picked jeff cobb and um that's i think almost twice the next the next highest which i think was shingo at 16% so um i if i were Going back in time and thinking, I didn't actually do a bracket because I...
0: You know too much.
2: I I, I know <laughs> too much. I apparently know too much. Um, I didn't do a bracket, but if I, I saw all those Jeff Cobb brackets, and they made sense, right? Mm-hmm. So Cobb could have had one of the best runs through this tournament and some wonderful wins. And even if he didn't win the tournament then, right, if he lost in the final or, or whatever it may be, he'd still have these big wins. And that seems to be where Cobb lives right now in this like win a bunch of matches, have a great tournament, is a powerhouse, but ne- doesn't quite finish the job just yet, right? I think he'll finish the job with a babyface turn at some point. Mm. And I think that's I think that's the long game for Cobb. And but they could also just heat him up as a big bruiser yeah. and put him in any situation like they did with Okada all last year. So, but that that didn't happen, right? We saw Naito go through and I don't know if anyone thought Naito was going to go this far, but now that I look at it, it makes sense because he didn't get a G1 run Mm because he was eliminated and then injured. Um, Well, he was injured, which then eliminated him with a bunch of forfeits. So maybe we should have seen this coming, except I didn't see him getting another... I didn't see them doing another Okada Naito match in the semifinals of the New Japan Cup. Like, that match seems so big. right and and to bounce it back so quickly but i think there's something i don't know that naito was supposed to be the guy in february i think that was penciled for ibushi mm-hmm. and ibushi's just clearly not physically ready yet so do we, we have you heard anything latest on him so no i know that he's training so that's that's as far as i know so he's to the point where he, i guess he's he's working on his conditioning. Um, but that dude had a year last year, so he's he's got a he's gonna have to work himself back because I think he was still working himself back from being ill um, at during the G one. So and I don't know that we ever got to full strength. So he's got a lot to work himself back to, but he's also got to come back at a big spot because he's a big guy. Yeah. So and that does kind of play into the final four here because you've got Okada, Naito, Zack Saber Jr., Shingo. Any of those guys could win, but what happens if Okada wins? Yeah. Right? Because this whole thing is supposed to set up a title challenger. Then he calls a shot, right? You would think that nobody ever really says that, but everyone always assumes it. So, yeah. So then Okada calls a shot. And if it's Ibushi, right? Oh, the crowd goes wild, right? Like that's, <laughs> I mean, that, that's really what would happen because yeah. Ibushi would then come out and hopefully then have a great match and show that he's totally ready. So, that's my bet if Okada wins. Um, but I think the final that we're going to get, if you want me to go there. Yeah. I, think, I think the final that we're going to get, and I just kind of, this just clicked with me while you and JD were talking. I was just like kind of scratching out some notes. The final we're going to get is Zack Sabre Jr. versus Naito. Because Zack Sabre Jr. injured Naito in the first match of the G1. Mm. In Osaka, which there is now where this weekend... Is where the finals are, they're in Osaka Hall. So, in, in the perfect world of New Japan classic booking, that's that's the match. Um, and Naito gets his
0: win back over Okada, but doesn't have to take the belt off of him. So, can we talk about Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay? Mm. Uh, you know, I, 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 we watch so much wrestling. And I don't write anything down and I, I just look, watch a match and I go, Oh, that was a great match. Oh, that was a great match. Oh, that was a great match. Yeah. And so like, cause we have so many great matches these days they just kind of all blur together. And so I can look at, I can watch that and go, wow, that's one of my favorite matches this year, though. I've probably said that 10 times already and it's only March. Right. So what did you think about the match? And then also the finish where Osprey uh, taps, the referee quickly ends the match. And, For the next 10 minutes, Osprey and Jeff Cobb are are saying that he didn't tap Mm -hmm. uh, as a way to get Zach to uh, the semifinals. So, I mean, you could put Zach Sabre Jr. and Will
2: Osprey in the ring together as many times as you want. And they're going to figure out some creative way to get to where they need to go. And because those guys are two of the best in the industry. And I think that they play off each other because they are different. They're very, very different wrestlers. But I think they have... This immense respect for each other, and the things that they cannot do themselves that the other person can do, and you know that that match on paper will always be one of the one of the best matches of this generation, no matter mm-hmm. where you put it, and and it's going to end up on people's that particular match is going to end up on people's top ten lists from the quarterfinals of the New Japan Cup, yeah, in a, in a small building, you know, like not any big huge main event you know of the tokyo dome or Joe hall or whatever right like but that's you know those guys can blow up your call in for rev pro and 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 people will pay attention to it so yeah. it as for the finish right so the finish played i think a little bit played off of the sonata finish mm-hmm. where will or well i i'm not gonna blame anybody right Sonata got injured during the right. match. He broke his orbital bone and was maybe knocked out. No one's really sure. And then, you know, they had to, they had to run a, um, a referee stoppage. So with red shoes, right. Red shoes yeah. then is the referee of the Zach Sabre, junior will Osprey match. And red shoes took forever to do the referee stoppage because I think it was off script. Right. So yeah. we didn't yeah. know where we we're going and it was really awkward. And then now, Red Shoes is in the ring, and he calls Will tapping really quickly. Yeah. So, I don't know. Are we going to, like, a Hebner, you know, whatever <laughs> thing going on? I don't know. Or Is this a big callback? Is this <laughs> is this some more Western influence into our, into our precious <laughs> New Japan? I mean, maybe, but it worked, right? So, I like – but I like that Will tapped one way or another. I like that it was a submission, that they didn't have to, like, work in some funky pin because – Tapping in New Japan is still a big deal. If you, yeah. being a submission artist like Zack Sabre Jr., the person with the most submissions in New Japan Cup history, um, if if you're him, like, to win, that's how you win. So he doesn't really have an impact finisher. So you got to tap, but with someone like Will, who clearly is protected in the booking, you got to make something out of it. So they've made something out of it, and we'll see where that goes. Maybe a, a future, another great Zack Sabre Jr., Will Ospreay match.
0: All right, so Jeremy uh, Finestone wanted me to t- uh, mention his prediction. So here's his prediction uh, Zach Sabre Jr. wins the cup, challenges Okada, loses in a brilliant match, and then he comes to the States for a tour uh, either before or after the G1. Could we see Zach Sabre Jr. in AEW or, or New Japan Strong? And 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 come over here for a little while.
2: I would love it. I think we know that there's someone in AEW that really wants to wrestle Zach Saber Jr. Um, yes. yes. His, Brian Danielson, right? Yes. So that and there's a great new group in AEW that I think Zach could um could mm-hmm. fit in pretty well with, right? Yes. Um let's not forget that in early 2020, Zach was about to fight John Moxley. So is that an avenue to get there? Maybe, right? Like, um, I'm sure that's a match that they want to run back too. But yeah, so Zach was holding on to the US Championship, um, like, while Moxley was knocked out after the Suzuki match and all that. So um, there was something in the works there when when Moxley called Zach a human udon noodle and you know <laughs> another great Moxley line. Right. So <laughs> Zach is a guy that I think should come to the States uh, like his pal Minoru Suzuki. He could just have a great run through the Indies and a couple of hot shots on either Impact or AEW and run a big angle. And maybe that'll carry over. Maybe finally we'll see something carry over into Japan. Um, because I know that those two guys, Moxley and, and Danielson, are both on the radar for uh, a trip, another trip to yeah, Japan. Yeah. So, but yeah, Zach is a Zach's huge in the states, right? People love his promos, they love his style. Obviously, he's got matchups galore that that could happen here. Um, so, I think he's definitely a candidate to make his way over to the U.S. and and do something interesting. So, yeah, I would I would love to see that. But I think Jeremy's probably. Maybe in line with what's gonna happen in mm-hmm. regards to at least the tournament. If I had to bet, um, maybe if he's facing Okada, I don't think he's gonna face Okada in the final, but he would I don't I don't know that Zach's ready for the big belt yet. And mm-hmm. but they also put the belt on Shingo last year. So <laughs> like maybe that's all out the window with this new belt, right? Where these yeah. guys can actually some of these guys that are kind of outsiders, quote unquote outsiders, they can actually win. So, so I think so that's helpful.
0: Justin Nipper, this for the podcast, the audio podcast listeners. Just Justin Nipper said uh, Zach is in Suzuki Goon, and uh, Brian had the bout with Suzuki last year. Mox has history with him too. Blackpool Combat Club, Suzuki Goon connection, rivalry. So yeah, lots of creative stuff that you could do uh, with those two companies. Okay, so um, are you are you going to go to the
2: uh, Moxley Osprey match? I will be in attendance in Chicago, of course. Yes
0: that's going to be yeah that's, that's going to be fine
2: i was so surprised that they're actually going with that match i think i said that in in the group too like because that show was sold out before they announced that match and that match is huge yeah I mean, that that matches that's a big 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 time matchup. so i mean chicago's the right city to run it in uh, yeah. i have no bias there at all but um i mean we're gonna have a good time that night it's gonna be a good show
0: uh, all right last things here which is uh for the people who want to catch the semis and the finals, uh, as far as U.S. viewers, what what times are we looking at here? Oh, that's oh, you know, okay. You <laughs> didn't,
2: we didn't, uh, we didn't, I didn't prep you for that. Yeah, one. you didn't prep me for this. I can uh, <laughs> let's see. Okay, so we're at uh, four p.m. Japan time, which is two a.m. Central for Saturday nights. So that's Wait, like sorry, eleven Friday night. So Saturday, Saturday morning, really. Uh, Which would be Midnight Pacific. Okay. Is that how that works? Yeah. Wait.
0: Or 11? Two hours. Okay. Midnight. Okay.
2: Yeah. So mid for...
0: Yeah. Now, is this... Friday night turning into Saturday morning, or is it Saturday night? Okay, okay. Friday
2: night turning into Saturday morning, 4 p.m. Japan time, which is 2 p.m. Chicago time, which, or sorry, 2 a.m. Chicago time, which is midnight your time. Okay. The next night, the finals, um, Saturday night into Sunday morning is 2 p.m. Japan standard time, which would be midnight central. So earlier for us. And 10 p.m on the on your coast, or out right. there, yeah, so not bad start times i I got a thing uh Saturday night, so I'm probably just <laughs> staying up and I'm just gonna watch it. um I might not even be home by then, to be honest, so wow. for, the, for the beginning of it, midnight eh, I don't know it's a rock show, yeah, so we'll see, but yeah, so easy start times I, when it comes down to it, these are the shows to tap into, too, like I said, Joe Hall Halls one of the most beautiful. Uh, pro wrestling venues on the planet and two nights there with some really killer matchups. I mean, Zack Sabre Jr. Versus Shingo. Like, let's not, let's not write off Shingo either. Like these are going to be really, really fun matches. And then, you know, honestly, the undercard will get you caught up on what else is going on.
0: All right. Thank you for jumping on and catching us all up. Uh, So you are at the Chris SAMSA on Twitter. Is there anything else you want to uh, mention to the folks?
2: Just uh com for anything I'm up to. But yeah, Twitter's a, a good spot too. So thanks for having me.
0: Chris, it was awesome. Always love talking to you. I, I always say this, but we don't do it enough. And uh I'm sure we'll talk again, come G one time and you know, just a bunch of bunch of cool stuff happening. Like I think a lot of people kind of turned away from New Japan a little bit uh over the last year, but uh it, it, it's I, I'm I'm not one of them. I still followed. I maybe didn't watch as much, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's turning, it's turning again and there's some really good stuff happening. Yeah. I think we're on the path
2: to, um, to a big comeback from new Japan. And I think that having the traditional calendar in place will be helpful too. Yeah. Because, um, that big gap in the summer for the G one kind of between AEW's big shows, I think it's going to be really helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Chris. Thanks again, and uh, check Chris out uh, at the Chris Samsa on Twitter. All right, last guest here. He's usually my co-host, but we're saving him for the end. He is Paul Fontaine. Paul, how are you? Oh, I think you're muted, Paul. Yeah, I'm good. You, I'm I, well. Good? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm doing okay. Um. So. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about this Colby and Jorge Masvidal story. Yeah, yeah, from the uh, sublime to the ridiculous. So if we are to believe Colby's police report, Masvidal basically sucker punched him. Is that, is that what we are to believe? Yeah, I mean, I,
3: you can say that. And I guess in, technically it's true. Uh, I mean, he's not without fault. Uh, as most people know. uh, Colby egged him on. Colby's walking around with a King of Miami belt. He's living the gimmick. And, uh, you know, and uh, Masvidal told him, you know, like, I mean, I think everybody knows, you know, in an MMA fight, Colby Covington's going to win because he's got more skills for an MMA fight. But in an actual street fight, you know, you know, and if you with street fighting rules, Jorge might kill him, like legitimately.
0: Um, so, (laughs) you know, this is what Uh, happened. You know how, um, Moxley describes what he, when, when, when I talk to him about the Covington fight, he uses a a term, which I will, I will not say completely wrestle, basically wrestle F. Yeah. 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 Colby's just going to wrestle F him. Yeah. And so, I mean, which is what he did, but you're, but yeah, street fights much different. So, you know, when I, I was thinking about like, what are some of the biggest, uh, street fights in you know in in boxing and and, and MMA because the one that I originally thought about was Mike Tyson and Mitch Blood Green. Mm-hmm. So as the story goes, uh, Mike Tyson and and Mitch Green fought, uh, I think in 1986. In 1988, uh, Mitch Green saw Tyson in in New York somewhere. And he went up to Tyson and said, look, you know, Don King still owes me money. And it ended up uh, having a fight. And Tyson uh, shuts uh, Green's left eye, opens up a cut. So they actually got in a physical fight. Tyson was the heavyweight champion of the world at this point. His next fight, which was going to be against Frank Bruno, had to be pushed back because he messed up his hand. So like when I when you know when you think of something like this it is a fighting sport Mm -hmm. these guys do not like each other so the beef was real and then when it's worked up and worked up and worked up and it becomes a a shoot fight even in the streets this happens but it just it's like lot. I know a lot of people like oh Masvidal so stupid Masvidal so stupid and I'm like (laughs) I'm like yes in in the court of law he is he's very dumb for doing this but he's a his job is to punch this guy in the face and he didn't get the job done so he's very mad that he didn't get the job done and this guy's testing his man so it doesn't surprise me that it actually i'm actually more surprised that this stuff doesn't happen more in the public like and i also feel like if this was nick or nate diaz they'd be they'd sort of go ah that's just the diaz brothers being the diaz brothers um, but, uh, yeah, people seem to be pretty frustrated with Masvidal here, even knowing that Colby Covington is the real heel in this situation. Well, the big one, you know, and maybe more relevant to what we're talking about than
3: the um, uh, than the Mike Tyson one was Lee Murray and Tito Ortiz, um, which, you know, was ended up, you know, they had a street fight. And be, be, according to Matt Hughes, Lee Murray knocked him out. Uh but um you know, and then they had a fight and the uh and then you know Tito won the fight because Tito is a much better MMA, you know, uh fighter, quote unquote, um, you know, practitioner, um, than you know, a street fighter. And Lee Murray is just a bad dude. Um, so you know, it's yeah, this is what happens. And yeah, you're right. It's it's amazing that it doesn't happen more often. Yeah. Um, and really like Kobe. I don't want to say somebody deserves to get punched in the face, but Colby was asking for it. I mean, he, there's a line you don't cross and he was crossing it with talking about people's kids and, you know, and, and some of the stuff he was, you know, street Jesus and, and all this stuff. Like, you know, if, if, if Colb if Jorge had no repercussions at all, like he probably would have done a lot worse. And as it is, you know, I guess I, I thought originally I I thought I saw a report saying he got charged,
0: but I don't think he actually did get charged. I saw him. He was handcuffed and he was... Yeah, uh... yeah.
3: He was brought in, but I don't think they... I think they released him without charge. Oh, okay. Okay. So, Got it. Got it. Um, I could be wrong about that. And if anybody watching wants to correct me, they can. But uh, yeah, so... This was coming. And, you know, and I think they both said, especially Jorge, like this ain't over, you know, like, you know, even though you beat me, like, you know, we're going to meet someday and it may not be in an octagon. (laughs) And here we are. Um, And if it leads to a rematch, you know, it's easy money for Colby. And, you know, I'm sure Jorge would has a puncher's chance. So you never know. There's not a ton of interesting out there for either one of them right now,
0: actually. Yeah, and and you know what? That's what's unfortunate, and this is just part of the game. It's part of the business of prize fighting, which is a lot of times when you're at your peak, how how good of a fighter you are doesn't match your popularity yet. Mm-hmm. And it's not until later where for poor Masvidal, he's late in his career or later in his career and now he's matched up against guys who are not great matchups for him. Mm-hmm. And his popularity is the highest it's ever been. But his fighting skill is not up to, to maybe what it would have been. Well, well, at least, is, you know, he got the
3: Mazva or he got the um, the uh, Asker knockout, you know, yes. kind of probably at the peak of his uh, ability as a fighter, you know, be um, so, you know, and he cashed in and, and, you know, and he's still cashing in. But and he's not quite into Chuck Liddell territory yet, but. He's closer to that than he is to GSP,
0: put it that way. <laughs> um, so, uh, what is uh, what is up with the uh, UFC show this weekend? Is there what what interest now, is is there for you on the show? Well, so the
3: main event is um, the it's basically almost very similar to last week in that it's two you know highly ranked heavyweights uh, going against each other. It's uh, De- uh, Curtis Blades and Chris Daukas. Now, Chris Daukas is a guy that. Um, you, you, and you I, pegged you pegged Daukas yep. as a future guy. I did at the end of 2020. And by the end of 2021, he was main eventing against yeah. Derek Lewis. And this will be his second straight main event. And Curtis Blades is a guy that, you know, after his last fight, everybody thought he was going to leave the UFC because his contract was over. And he's one of those guys that is tough to book because he's going to beat everybody but the top guys, and the problem is, is you know all he's doing is killing contenders w- when you put him in fights. So he was a guy that was a prime candidate that UFC wouldn't renew his contract, but there wasn't really a lot of interest out there from the other promotions. Bellator isn't really spending money right now. PFL's uh, high price free agents didn't really work out last season, so they re-signed um, Blades, and they've got him in here in, in a main event against another rising contender. And Blades, you know, he's lost twice to Francis Nganu and he lost to Derek Lewis, but he was knocked out in the first in the second round in a fight that he was winning. Yeah. So, you know, like this is where this is where he is. So he could knock out Chris Daucus. He's also an, an outstanding wrestler, but Daukas is an outstanding wrestler as well. So I, I think this is a really interesting fight. And if um if if Daukes wins, he completely rebounds from the Derek Lewis loss. But if he loses He's done as a contender. So it's got a lot of stakes. And it's an ESPN show. The whole card's on ESPN. And there's a lot of big names on the show. Uh, Matt Brown, probably the biggest name to casual fans. He's fighting uh, Brian Barbarina. Um, we got Kai Kaikar France, who I know you like, uh, yep. flyweight. Uh, Neil He's Magny. Max, yeah, Neil Magny, Max Griffin is on the prelims. That's a big welterweight fight. Uh, Sarah McMahon, former Olympian, JD's wow, probably she's a big still fan fight. Of. She's she's still in the mix. She is, yeah, at bantamweight. Jennifer Maya, former title challenger. So mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of lot of big names on the card. Co-main event is Joanne Wood, the former Joanne Calderwood, against Alexa Grasso, who probably will get a title shot if she wins this. So you know, a lot of stakes, a lot of big names. Like again, like probably every card. If you watch, you know, half dozen to a dozen UFC shows a year, you probably recognize. A name in just about every one of these fights so the, it's a, it's a good good show is it
0: is it gonna be at, at a real building or is it back at the yeah. apex
3: no okay. no 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 they're um uh, they're in columbus so this is uh the second week in a row that fight night is on the road and they're at the nationwide arena in columbus and i last we heard there was about 200 tickets left so it's gonna wow. sell out Amazing. they have not had an unsold ticket since they came back you know from the pandemic so then, next week is a pay per view from um, Jacksonville, and then they're back in the Apex until June. Um, and then I think like it looks like maybe the, they're going to go on the road starting in July. But you know they they make a lot of money going going out of the Apex. Like, but those shows like yeah. they're so bad to watch at this point now, especially now that we see like that London crowd last week yeah. was so great. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we we gushed about that on in the clinch this week, Patty the Batty and
0: molly the meatball <laughs> <laughs> so did you did you hear my conversation with jd about gable steveson i i heard uh the first part of it so um, that gable steveson talked about possibly doing the brock lesnar route starting okay. in wrestling and then maybe trying to do uh do the ufc after you know doing the pro wrestling thing and i was talking to jd about you know when brock did it uh you know the the heavyweight division. You know th- there were some good fighters, but I don't think the skill level, as far as overall MMA fighters, m- mixed martial artists, is even close to what it is now. And I was saying how I think it, you know, it'd be much harder for Gable Steveson to kind of dump in, even at the uh, as great of an athlete as he is. You know, we saw Greg Hardy try try and do it, and uh, you know he did okay, but you know a lot of a lot of setups um what do you think about someone like Stevenson? you know going like ah you know i'll do the pro wrestling thing and then maybe we'll try some mma it just seems like it you know even as young as he is it seems like it would be so much harder to do these days so preface this by saying i didn't hear what jd
3: had to say about that but my thoughts are he'd be better off going the other way around going into mma first yeah. And then doing the pro wrestling because I think that these the skills in amateur wrestling more better translate to MMA than they do to pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is a completely different game. Um even though it's wrestling. Like I think amateur wrestling is more similar to UFC than amateur wrestling is to pro wrestling. So mm-hmm. if he conquers pro wrestling, he's going to be learning he's basically going to be learning how not to hurt people. So it's it's almost untraining you for UFC. So for Brock to do what he did, like you said, there's no way he would do that now. Um, you know, he'd be a draw. Yeah. But you know, it's like CM Punk. Like, if you can't fight, you can't fight. Um, <laughs> I think obviously he's gonna do better than CM Punk, but <laughs> he's probably not gonna be winning a world title. But but if he came in now and they built him up properly, put him on some of these regional shows and then, you know, like a Greg Hardy, put him on that path. Yeah. I think he's got more natural skills for MMA than Greg Hardy did. Yeah, um, it's a matter of whether or not he can punch, and we don't know that. Like he hasn't yeah. done any of that. So, um, and we saw Aaron Pico. That's probably a better comparison. And Pico was been, that was the one that that JD yeah. uh, also yeah. made. And and he's pretty successful, but I mean they did a terrible job with matchmaking with him. Yeah. So I mean he's he's recovered and he's doing okay now, but he had a couple losses. Like he lost to um, Adam Boricks, and Boricks <laughs> is like. One of the top fifteen featherweights in the world. They never should have matched him up with yeah. that guy. Yeah. So you know, that early in his career. He could probably fight him now. But yeah, so I'm I'd I'd think I'd I'd feel better about it if he went into Uf- UFC first. So I think if he and he can make good money. If he if he clicks into pro wrestling, he'll be set for life. He doesn't need to ever get hit in the face for real. Unless he wants to.
0: All right, let's quickly switch gears. Uh you were on your own road to WrestleMania back yeah. to seeing live wrestling uh so what have you figured out which shows you're actually going to attend well
3: um i i'm hoping like again it's gonna when you say a road to wrestlemania it's a very literal road we're and if you google winnipeg to dallas like you see it on the map it's a straight shot south so we are leaving on wednesday morning god willing uh there's you know um People that listen to the Patreon will know. There, yes. There's a chance we may not go, but I'm hoping, still hoping at this point. Um, but we leave Wednesday morning. So my goal is to get to Omaha by Wednesday night, stay in Omaha or around there. Maybe pop into Stevie J's place. He can throw <laughs> on the grill. and then uh, And then on the way, and then the second night, get to Dallas. So if we can get to Dallas Thursday night, that leaves Friday free all day. And then I'll try to get to, I want to get to the Ring of Honor. Show and I want to get to the uh, multiverse show. The aren't Impact those show. at the exact same time though? No, I think they're like two hours apart. Okay, so okay. I don't need to see the whole show. Though the other one I would not mind seeing, but I think it's like at midnight or something.
0: The New Japan show. Um, I, 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 the, I like D- Dave and Brian were talking this morning. Yeah, and it sounded like all three of those shows were v- at very similar
3: no. times. Because I, I mean, Filthy Tom is wrestling on the Strong Show, so I said. I want to go to that. And my daughter has a filthy Tom shirt. So I'd kind of like to get a picture of them together.
0: Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh,
3: yeah. Yeah. I, I think that'll happen at some point on the weekend anyways, but, and then I, I'm definitely, I think going to go to the NXT show on uh, Saturday morning. I'm trying to get comped for that. Um, but if not, I'll pay for the tickets and that'll just be me. Like I'll just be going by myself. Yeah. And then my, the whole family's going to Mania for both nights. So
0: awesome. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. And you know, if the daughter doesn't do very well in a crowd, uh, her favorite is is wrestling on the first night. So we'll, yeah. uh, you know, then they can sit on the show. Yeah, yeah, or sit out. You know, like they, you know, they won't mind staying in the hotel room while I go to the show. If if that's the case, but I'm actually super excited for the show. Like, I mean, you've been, you know, you've been waiting. Yeah. Well, compared to, you know what I'll say. Compared to like AEW or you know pretty much any promotion on the planet, like they're their build is terrible, but compared to like their normal build for a pay-per-view, like this is off the charts. Like I I kind of
0: agree. Yeah, I I was talking to Andrew on we're live pal. And I was saying, you know, when the match was announced until now, are you, do you feel better about the match? Do you feel worse? You're talking about Lesnar reigns. So all the, all all the top matches. And I think the only one that I thought maybe hasn't that, maybe I was more excited for when it was announced is the Ronda match. Like I think they're over, they're killing us over the head with them just fighting every week. Okay. Um, But all of the other matches, I think that at least the top ones like Reigns and Lesnar has been awesome. It's fun seeing Brock Lesnar's a baby face, even Bianca and Becky as, as uh you know, they, they're not quite at the Ronda Charlotte level, but they've been mixing it up a lot. Mm-hmm. I still think that, uh that I, I'm, I'm I, I feel like that's going to be like the, the match, the sleeper match of the weekend. And I, f- I feel like they're just going to bust it in, in that match because they're kind of overshadowed a little bit. And they, they, uh,
3: I think uh, like they, I think they want to prove that they should have been the main event.
0: Yeah. I so, think there's, the, the, yeah. there's, there's some good stuff there. Uh, and then, you know, the Austin thing, like that's the big mm-hmm. wild card, right? Like, what are yeah. we going to get? uh so and that's on and the awesome thing is on saturday right yes
3: so i guess there's a chance that that could end up being both nights and i think that's what some people are thinking like they have a confrontation the first night and then an actual match um so i for me i am actually i've really been into the ronda charlotte thing because i think especially the last couple weeks like ronda's getting beat up and you can see it in her face like she wants to kill charlotte so you know like and and i so i think like she came out as smiley happy ronda for a while and now she's back to being mean, but she's not mad at the fans. She's mad at Charlotte. So I'm kind of really digging that. But I know I'm in the minority. Um, and and re- honestly, like when I when I think about all the matches, you know, the big ones, anyways, like I can't think of any match like the the women's tag has been terrible. Like, you know that that setup. But I'm into the men's tag. You know, I'm assuming it's gonna be a three way. They haven't officially announced that yet. Um, Finn Balor and Damian Priest, yeah you know but m- pretty much everything else i'm kind of kind of really into and i think they've done a good job with. Balor Priest has been lazy, but that's, you know, whatever. You can't promote every single match. Yeah.
0: All right. Um so just last night you and uh, Jeff Hawkins put up the Dynamite show. Mm-hmm. Uh it seems like uh, he liked the show a little bit more than you did. I I really loved his comment about cuz Jeff does stand up and, you know, he's he's done improv stuff. So when he talks about you know wheeler Utah and, and like i almost feel like they should just hire jeff and help him <laughs> <laughs> and help these guys out backstage but so so i mentioned this on the fight game podcast but so obviously tony has wheeler he's got uh lee moriarty uh he's got daniel garcia and these are kind of younger guys who are not overexposed they're they're losing a lot but i was like all oh, those guys are great they're they're young we also have a guy like Jay Lethal who ticks every single box that they possibly want and he should not be at the same level as these guys. He should be higher than these guys. So, he's got a he's got some, you know, some balancing acts to to do, but I I was watching that show going like, man, Jay Lethal is everything he wants these other guys to be. And yet we never see Jay Lethal on TV.
3: No. And and then there's other guys like, you know, Jonathan Grisham, I assume, is going to come in at some point. He'd be perfect for that Danielson Moxley yeah. group, I think. Uh, Josh Woods uh, has been killing it on Dark. And mm. he's another one that's like the style is just right right there. Like if you like Filthy Tom, like that's basically the you know, they're almost the same guy except Woods is younger. Um, I uh, yeah, like they're, they're he so... he wears booty shorts, too. No, no, but I mean just the, <laughs> the wrestling stuff. Um, but he, I think he wears shorts; like he's, <laughs> he's a little underdressed. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I we had that discussion actually to kick off the show last night. Like for you know after I did my little personal thing, we did yeah. like ten minutes on you know kind of carrying on the conversation that Kevin, Ely and James McDaniel had on the Boom on the weekend about too many guys too many top guys, you know, uh, because they got all these guys even like Keith Lee and a Swerve Scott. Like they almost seem lost in the shuffle at the, already, you know, like, and Swerve Scott's kind of like the rampage guy. It's like, is he, that... he, I
0: mean, he, I think he's going to get me to watch rampage though, which I haven't sure. watched, which is I'm sure in, the in intent.
3: Right. And I'm really looking forward to that match too. But I mean, he went from one show where gets watched by 600,000 people to another show that's watched by 600,000 people. So it's yeah. kind of a sideways step, but I'm, you know, he is getting featured, you know, he's getting promo segments on dynamite. And I do think Tony's got big plans for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and hopefully Keith Lee too, because I'm, I really like both those dudes. All
0: right. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on you all of next week. Checking I'll keep in. you guys updated. We're going to, we're going to have a big, we're going to have so much content for WrestleMania weekend next week in <laughs> on the Patreon and the fight game media free network on the website, on the YouTube channel. We're going to just, we're blowing it up big time. So, um, so yeah, so Paul, if he's going to be there, we may get him to call in. We'll see. Get I'll, some I'll have my stories. Stuff. I'll have my stuff. I can and, even do and, a little and, video. And, yeah, and so we'll, we'll 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 figure it out. But uh, yeah, big big stuff, and uh, happy that you're going to get to go because I know you've been sort of envious of of the, <laughs> the the last shows that we've been able to do, and also you know, hundred percent best wishes, hopes, prayers, everything. So I just got you, an update. Wife. I yes.
3: literally just got an update. Came in two minutes ago. Uh, they want to keep her till Monday, maybe Tuesday, but they think she can do the trip.
1: She awesome. might be a
3: little, she might be a little woozy from the meds, but yeah, you know, she can do the trip. So that's cool. Y- so it, y- it's looking good. You married a tough person. Jesus. Uh, I married up. I'll just say that, like, <laughs> you know, I way
0: up, way up, way up. So I'm all lucky, right. I'm looking all right. Good. All right. Don't, don't, don't cut your cut yourself short either though you're you're a really you're a really terrific human being okay um thanks to jd thanks to chris samsa thanks to uh my my normal co-host here paul Uh, i'm double g we will see you when we see you peace out